Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And we're here to give you some relationship goodness. That's that's right. We're, we're here to just correct we're, all of the mistakes. We're going to put the frosting on your overcooked brownie. <laughs> whatever whatever dessert you've overcooked or didn't do right, we're just going to make it. We're just going <laughs> to tighten up the recipe a little bit so you get it just right. Now, before we jump into it, we want to um, we just want to give a big shout out and big thank you to our community sponsor, one eight hundred Contacts. And um, you know, we've been waiting for a little while because we had some sh- stuff to share with uh, our listeners about um, some amazing discounts that you guys can be able to get through one eight hundred Contacts. And so, I'll let Heidi give you the four in one on that. And for you young listeners who don't know what the four one one is, I'm hurt. <laughs> that means I'm really old. Okay, that means info, information. It is true. I had to explain that to my kids mm. that we used to call 411 and it would tell us what the time and temperature was. And Just like a hashtag is not a hashtag. Yeah. It's a pound it's sign. It's true. Okay. It's true. Okay, so you guys, if you're watching us, um, then you can see that I have on these super cute glasses. And, and if you're not, I will testify. They're like- They're pretty cute. Pink sort of abalone-ish. Oh. Mm, I know what I'm talking about. See, through that, you thought I was going to say cheat it? No, abalone. Wow. Oh, mm. you guys. So here's the thing. A couple years ago, my vision, it really it offended me. It was so offensive because I got like the LASIK back 20 years ago. I got the LASIK. I had years of just satisfied vision, you know, no more contacts. It was the best thing. And then You're all spoiled. of a sudden, my vision just started going and it went quick. People have told me that's pretty slippery. Slip, but your style and taste to look good didn't go away. That's right. <laughs> no, so I've been fighting it for a long time. And so I did go to 1-800 and I actually got glasses. Well, not too long ago, I put the glasses down on Eric's truck bed thing, like the tailgate. Yeah, where you should always put your glasses. And I just slammed those suckers right in the tailgate. It, they were black. It was black on black. See, I would have drove it away with them. Yeah, but that's me. so. I needed new glasses, and I found out that when eight hundred has like a sister company that does glasses by mail, and it's called Lingo Lingo Eyewear Lingo wow. Eye, and it's Lingo Two Eyes. Okay, I'm just telling you this because I'm so impressed. Um, you go on their website and you can pick out five glasses to try on for free, right? So this is what you're going to do, David. You're going to go on their website. By the way, I'm up next. I just got my first prescription. My eyes are, um, what's it, 1 of 20 instead of 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Can't be that bad. Okay, Anyway, you go on there. You pick out five glasses that you think you might look good, that you might like. And then they send them to you. You have like a couple days to try them on and see, which is so much better than the virtual try-on, by the way. It is. And then you can also take pictures of yourself and show it onto your Instagram to see what everybody chooses. I warn you, don't do that. Mm. But anyway. Because people might be honest. The, Anyways. <laughs> what, yeah, you might just 
have feel a hard time hurt. because yeah. you what like one and then the whole entire internet likes another or one. Yeah, and then you're probably like, yeah. that's more likely. Yeah. Everybody has a different opinion. Yeah. You can't choose. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, everything was like totally customized. Like I got my box that said, hello, Heidi. And and it like, Ooh. yeah, it was, it just they were speaking to you. Special. The marketing so, was just for you. <laughs> I actually chose two pair of glasses. I'm super stoked. I've already got them. I'm wearing them. They're progressive. But do they have glasses that make you look smarter? Because that's well, what I'm, I know that's, that's what, what you're I'm looking, looking for. for. <laughs> Mine just make me look more hip. Yours definitely need to fit the bill. So yes, they do. In fact, you just did. go scrolling under the menu makes me look smarter. I want a box the- <laughs> that says "Hi, David," and then as I open up, it has like the Your George, IQ like actually- the George Clooney hair, like gray, like put salt and pepper in my hair with the glasses. The so whole, the whole look. Oh, okay. maybe you're onto a new, like a whole new. Service. And the outfit made him make me an outfit, <laughs> shoes, because they do that for men, right? Too far, okay. too far, too Anyways, far. Anyways, continue. This is just eyewear. And um, they actually gave us a code okay. for $30 off. So 30% off or $30, $30 off? $30 off of your order. And I'm just going to tell you this. When you get your box, there's going to be like a buy one, get one half off code inside the box. Well, at least there was for me. I hope there is for you too. <laughs> But I think you can also use this code with that special deal. Okay. Well, then that's a great deal. So all you have to use, all you have to put in there is light the fight. One word, light the fight in the code, 30 bucks off. Okay. We'll put that on our Instagram, stuff like that too. Okay. So kind of cool. Lingoeyewear.com. Two eyes. Well, I've already checked out the website. I'm stoked. I'm excited. Like I got my first eye prescription just a month ago and I've just been holding off for my lingo. But you don't need bifocals, right? No, I just need some reading glasses. I don't need bifocals. Oh, and well, when I'm that driving is at reading. night, that is reading. No, no, the they bifocals. said they uh, they told me not to get bifocals. Oh. My doctor said my eye, my vision's not that bad. I need it for reading or if I'm driving late at night. So he oh, said to gotcha. get two separate pairs. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, then this is yeah. going to be perfect. It's, that's what I'm planning on. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so thank you to one eight hundred contacts and lingo with two eyes eyewear dot com. Okay, so let's get the episode. So what do we got? Well, you know, you know, I let me tell you what we got. I'm gonna tell you what we got. You're usually the one to kick it off. I'm okay, tell you, what you we tell got. me because I love this. I love this. So, so let, okay. <laughs> so when I was young, I noticed um, my mom, and when I say mom, our, our longtime listeners will know I'm really referring to my biological grandmother. Hence, I was adopted by my biological grandmother. I witnessed her with lots of talents. Like she was amazing in athletics like even for an older grandmother type woman she could beat almost anyone in horse and basketball like super quick i mean setting Didn't she a volleyball play basketball? yeah she was like all state in basketball all state in volleyball and that was barefooted in hawaii no joke like they lost the state championship because it was in honolulu and they made the, the girls from the country wear shoes they never played basketball in shoes and they got blisters and like lost the game like it was oh, the weirdest wow. thing anyways <laughs> So my mom, she's a great athlete, great this and that. But she had this one superpower. She was really good at being social. In fact, I give oh, yeah. all credit to her. She was that person. We'd be in, in an airport somewhere on a layover. She'd talk to someone, find out that she knew someone. This is like Oklahoma City. Find out that she knew someone. They had mutual friends. Within five minutes, they're laughing like they grew up together. Like she was just, that was her thing, right? But I started to learn, and I used to think that these things were mutually separate. But I started learning as I got older, I was like, she's really social and she's really big gossiper. 
Like she's into everyone's business, family, friends. For her, relationships were way more important than money. Like money was just like, I mean, she grew up, imagine, I mean, she, you know, she passed away, you know, uh, two years ago at 84, right? So just the, the time period where she grew up with in the early, you know, 1930s, 1940s and, you know, and stuff. She was there when they bombed Pearl Harbor, right? In that time frame, you know, there was just so much about community and people staying close to each other and talking. And she was one of those like narrators of the family group, right? Mm-hmm. Her friends. She could tell you if you said, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'd say, mom, Polynesian people are huge about this. Everybody's related, right? In Polynesian culture. So do you know so-and-so? And people would ask me this family, they'd say the family's name. I'd have no idea what they're talking about. Ask my grandmother. She'd go, okay, yeah. So they're married to so-and-so. They're married to that person. That, but, the, but, okay, what really happened is she got divorced because they cheated on this person. And then she would give me like the history of it and then the real story behind it. <laughs> and I saw sit there and think, I'm like, her superpower is kind of messed up. <laughs> it was this really weird thing where she had this ability to connect and make people feel comfortable. But the gossiping aspect of that connection, I used to think were separate. I used to think that she was really good at making people feel comfortable, super social, great narrator, told great stories. And she had this other side of her that she was this horrible gossiper and involved in people's business. And she would, if you told her, mom, don't tell anyone this, that guaranteed she was going to tell. My siblings used to joke. My sister Nalani's like, yeah, I'm going to tell mom this. And then you call her up right afterwards. And then she would, oh, David, I didn't want to tell you this, but I need to tell you what's going on with your sister. And then we call her, mom, we told you. Not like we play these jokes on her. She's like, I don't know. You just, I just have to do it. It helps. I'm like, how does it help, right? Well, come to find out, they're not mutually exclusive. This whole entire time, I thought that my mom was this great social you know, person and then she'd flip and then turn into this gossiper. I didn't realize that gossiping was a huge part of how she connected with people. Come to find out, if we look at our children, if we look at our social circles, what builds a bond stronger or draws someone into your sphere if you can pick out that a person has a certain political opinion or a person has an anger, frustration, or a dis- disdain for someone, but by the way they dress, why they look, a keen person can look at another person in the room and say, okay, they're also staring at that person. They think that person's weird. They're turned off by that person's behavior. All I got to do is slightly say something off to the side so that person can hear. Then they look at me. There's a connection. We come close to each other. We start gossiping with that person. It happens a lot where people think it's exclusive to this is a negative, horrible, bad thing that we're doing. I believe that it's more of a biological thing that we've evolved to help us fortify a stronger unity between our group, but most importantly, it's a it's a conversation piece, and, and I don't. And I'm. And by the way, I'm not promoting this. I'm not. Well, saying, that was my next question. I, so, are you saying that no. gossiping is good? Yeah, are you so giving us lesson all? Is how to be a better we're gossiper. We're all getting a pass that we yeah. can get. Gossip. So back to my grandma. In in for all those Polynesian people out there, anyone spend time in the islands, they call it talking story. Oh, what do you know? Oh, just talking story. Just talk story. I'm like, that was a really interesting way to call gossiping about your cousins and all the people that you're hating on right now. But it was talking story. Well, story was being talked, but it was also putting something on someone else that they can mock and laugh at 
but somehow that mockery, that laughing at their failures, making fun of them or talking about their personal information created a bond between those people. And for some people, that's the only way they can connect. Mm -hmm. Now, if you know some gossip girls in your life, if your kids have some gossiping friends, they've been rewarded a positive reinforcement for their gossiping. They get attention. Now, I cannot say names, but there's some people who are close in my life that I will comment to my wife quite often and say, they can't have a conversation. They can't start a conversation. They have no idea how to talk. Now, a couple of these people, we, me and my wife have both agreed in our gossiping about them. <laughs> that, because technically that's what we're doing, that this person internally doesn't feel, and I, and I know this to be true because I know their lives and they're not all that great, right? So why they can't brag about themselves. They can't brag about their accomplishments, their kids' accomplishments. There's, they don't really have a lot going for them. But what they can do is they can put on the table, oh, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Did you hear what happened to this person? And for me, nothing infuriates me more, partly because what I do for a living is I'm trying to stop gossip, right? Especially between families. But for me, it's so unattractive because I'm looking at some of these people I love and care for, but I'm looking at them saying, it's so... I get it, but I also understand that it's disheartening and sad that that's the only way that they know how to make a connection. And because they don't feel like they bring anything to the relationship, they're constantly having to say, did you hear this on the news? Did you hear this about so-and-so? All of their interactions and connections come from talking about other people. Our listeners, as you're hearing this, you may have a laundry list of people in your mind going, oh yeah, I know this. <laughs> Sometimes those people follow you out in the driveway when you're leaving. Oh, did I tell you about so-and-so? Like we already talked about that for an hour. Last time we talked, you already told me these three or four stories. This is an ongoing thing. So I'm but talking- But there's also people that we, that you probably can think of, like of people that you have, that you have really great conversations about your life and their life. And then you have another person that comes in yeah. and and that's where it goes. And you go there with them, well, you, you know, because that's- Let me give you another example of this. Other people connect through bragging. Some people that do that, their their species starts with an M, ends with an N. <laughs> Men. Okay. Heard it happening just the other day. And I've been guilty of myself. Get two guys who don't know each other. Hey, how you doing? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Well, I run a team over here. Well, I do this. Well, I do it. Next thing it's just one big pissing contest. And they're not actually like boasting intentionally. They're like, what could I share that would make that person see that I have value? Because if we look at bragging and we look at gossiping, they really do kind of, they're trying to sell the same thing. I have something. Now with gossiping, it is more, and by the way, I'm, I'm not saying that this is significant, like specifically just a, a woman thing. But if we look from hunter-gatherer tribes, we look for from like a lot of our history, what happened is women had to know what was going on in the tribe. They had to know who was loyal to the tribe, who wasn't loyal to the tribe. They had to know if there was something happening in the inner workings of families and friends, they had to communicate about those things. And if you can imagine if there's a tribe across the river that you could see over there and they weren't raising their kids the same way you were, that really bond you and your people because we do it better than they do. And it's not bragging. It's not intentionally boasting. It's not intentionally gossiping, but it has a very specific purpose of our bonding. Now, it can obviously get out of hand. Now, the men thing with the boasting and bragging thing, for men, it seems very apparent, and this is obviously I'm being very general right here. Mm -hmm. um, for men, it seems very apparent that 
if they could show another man that I'm at a certain status, I have a certain knowledge, intellect, I have certain accomplishments, even though it may not be the same accomplishments as the other man, it says we, it shows like I have a position to stand upon that I can speak to you with confidence versus me being a person that just has to listen to you and take orders from you. And so when I, when I look at gossiping now, I look at it totally different, Heidi. I see it in young people. And in fact, it's something that we're adding into our curriculum. I see it with young people so often as just a desperate attempt to connect with other people when everything else has failed. Hmm. They don't like the, the same video games you do. They, like when everything has failed, everyone is drawn to drama. Hmm. When people say, I don't like drama. I don't get into drama. You know, I hate people are about drama. About the 13th, 14th, 15th time they say that, you start to think they're the biggest drama person in the room. Because what they're saying is they're saying this because they're fearful that people are going to notice this about them because they're always talking about other people. Now to stop that, you know, when I when teenagers come to me and I'm like, hey, you're kind of like feeding more drama than necessary. I'll explain to them something like this. Gossip can be a way to connect. But there's different levels of that connection. It can get very toxic very quickly. Lighthearted gossiping and stuff like that can be kind of innocent. That's why so much of the gossiping now that used to happen between friends and relationships now gets put on the internet, now gets put on social media. And then that turns into a private conversation that's made public. Now that public conversation is not received very well sometimes as opposed to just the person sitting next to you. Because the person next to you may understand your intention, it's lighthearted, you're joking. But if that gossip was to put out there and someone were to hear that or see what you wrote about them, it can be extraordinarily hurtful and painful. And whenever I talk to teenagers, they always hate it when people are gossiping about them. But they really have little understanding of how often they initiate and they engage in gossiping and they enjoy it. But it's it's so ironic because everyone hates it when it's when they're on the bad end of it. But Everyone easily gets sucked into it. Even the best, most holiest people out there that are, you know, loving and caring and, you know, maybe they donate to charities all the time. They can get sucked into it because it bonds and connects us. What are some of your thoughts, honey? Well, I, the first thought I have is guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, anyone that says that they don't, I'm like, don't even say that because it's not possible to not gossip. I mean... I do think that, I mean, obviously, I've, the word gossip has a super negative connotation. It's evil, right? It's not even Christian. It's not like good people don't gossip, right? Is, well, and, I'm, I mean, that's that's in, in That's on some mantra somewhere in theory, right? Yeah, right. Just Google the definition. <laughs> of gossip. The definition. Yeah. It's right. And so, but, but I think, you know, as I'm listening to you and I'm kind of shrinking more and more in my own, because I, I think you do that. But don't you have a desire to connect with people? Yeah. Right. Especially when you, when you haven't seen somebody in a while Yeah, and you're like, oh my gosh. Well, so what's going on with so-and-so? Have you seen her lately? You haven't heard about it? (laughs) You know? And so I think that, I think that you're right. And what, one of the things that you said, I think the catching up and telling, you know, this is me. I'm always like, well, I would say this right in front of their face, but I probably wouldn't because I don't like to upset people. But I do, 
try to like not embellish because that's yes. that's one of the dangerous yes. things like if you're just stating the truth it's totally fine but if you're embellishing that's when you kind of get if you're observing <laughs> something like that yeah but i think that you're absolutely right and it's so is there a way to make it not so bad <laughs> Or is well, it just <laughs> yeah, I mean, the title of this episode could be when gossiping goes wrong. Gossiping <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> but I I mean, I even see myself, I do this kind of with my missionary, even. I shouldn't say this out loud, but she'll be like, so what's the tea? You know, and then you just kind of tell, you just tell her the things that you saw on social media or different things that are going on. These people got a new car. These people are doing this. These guys went to Hawaii. You know, yeah. whatever. It's just like this catch up, right? But that does bond us and it makes her feel part of my life. And she tells me the the drama that she's got on her end and it makes me feel like I'm part of her life too. But one of the things that you said earlier was nothing bonds you than a mutual enemy. Mm. That's that's when gossiping gone wild, right? Like when there's actually you're gossiping at someone who you despise, you disdain, you want, you wish ill upon them, or you, you want them to fail. You're wanting. What about when you're wanting to get somebody on your side against somebody? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, which like there, every divorce, every. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. the, the, our political divide right now is a perfect example of this huge polarization, you know, where it's like, whether it's true or not is not really important. You know, the the, the narrative oftentimes has to be, well, think about it. What is the most believable gossip? Something small and simple and insignificant or something so wild, so extreme that's like, what? No, like they would, like something so out there, that's the more believable gossip. And so when, I, when I'm working with teenagers and I'm helping them deal with when they're on the end of the gossip, I always help them focus on their reaction or better yet, their response to the gossip. Because for example, if one teenager comes to another teenager and says, is it true that you hooked up with so-and-so's boyfriend? Now, the person who hears it, they're so shocked. They're so caught off guard. It's like, wait, what? Like, who told you that? And it's infuriating. They're frustrated, assuming that this wasn't true, right? So what I coach them how to do on is sit there and look bewildered and amazed like, I did? Oh gosh, well, I wish someone would have told me that. I would, I would have like posted about it or bragged about it, like to roll with it, to kind of just be like, wow, gosh, well, I'm glad you told me because I wouldn't have known. I didn't know I did that. <laughs> and the response to that type of gossip really simmers it down. But if you react to that gossip, the person asking wasn't even sure if it was true or not. They were asking to see your reaction. But if your reaction is upset and angry, then it's like, well, maybe this is true. Because if it wasn't true, why would... So it's this weird thing that we, we're so horrible at this mind reading, especially when we're younger. Well, if it wasn't true, why'd they get so worked up about it? Parents do this kids all the time. Well, if you didn't sneak out, if you didn't do this, why are you so upset? Why are you getting so defensive? Our mind reading breaks down bad at those moments. Okay, <laughs> And so when teens come to me, I work with them on their reaction, on their response to stop that excessive toxic gossiping that's happening on, against them. But I tell you what, most of them fail at this. Most of them just get geared up. They don't have the self-confidence, the wherewithal that, wait, what? To not get lost in trying to figure out what this nonsense is all about. When usually it could be someone that's jealous on the outside, someone that's just poking and prodding, or someone that was using you as a way to connect 
and build bonds with other people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's it's it's super interesting. I think that you could, in terms of being a parent, I think you can figure out how to use that to your advantage with your with your kids. Um, you know, giving them information or offering up information that you know obviously isn't too isn't too toxic. Like no throwing people under the bus, no lying, no telling the deep, dark, hidden family secrets. <laughs> you know, my, I, I had some buddies for a while that used to be um, a local sports uh, broadcasters. Like you know, they cover the sports and, and you know they do the live games, right? And they'd always tell me after a big win, very few people would call in after the game. But after a horrible loss, the phones would light up two and a half, three hours. I mean, the game went in at midnight and they're at 2 a.m. People still driving home pissed off and gossiping. <laughs> Our coach needs to be fired. And, and you could see this like everybody bonded. It's like we lost the game, but we're going to bond in our our anger and our frustration for all the people and all the mistakes that they made that lost the game. So in essence, the bond of the fan base becomes stronger. Now, granted, if they lose all the time, then that won't happen, right? <laughs> they got to win eventually, like occasionally, right? But you see what I'm saying? Like, it's something that bonds us in that in that mutual shared struggle, right? Now, it can get out of hand. And, and this is basically, you know, one of the reasons why I want to bring up this topic today is that with us and our families, you know, last week we did an episode about, um, about Pride Month and about talking to your kids about people who are... Um, in the LGBTQ community and and just trying to be more open-minded. You know, everybody out there listening, you can have your own thoughts, your own feelings, your opinions. We're just trying to help families have easier conversations to educate and keep open uh, an open discussion because people's thoughts and feelings will grow as they grow, right? Um, but one thing that we found out in, in our discussion, and I we'd already talked about this before, but it came up in the discussion, is that when I've been counseling parents for a long time, Parents have said things um, negative against the LGBTQ community in private with family or friends that they claimed that they would never have said out loud because they don't really have that harsh of opinion. They're just talking like that gossiping type thing, mm-hmm. right? But their kids overheard it. And the kids took that as a truth, took that as something that the parents were you know, unwilling to change upon. And so then the kids you know, that I talked to that were wanting to come out were very obviously very hesitant to come out because they heard those decisions or, or discussions or they had a friend that came out and they're hesitant to tell their parents because they don't want that person to be judged or criticized. So this is one of the ways where, where gossiping can really get us into a position where gossiping can be good to connect, but if it is embellished, if it goes on and on and people get loose-lipped, then from my perspective, a whole lot of anger and frustration, it creates this, this really high. And that gets, it gets people worked up, their adrenaline, the blood, you know, you know, the dopamine starts flowing. And they start to go down this, this path and this journey that really didn't have anything to do with where they started. Where they started, it was simply to connect and a mutual laugh. Because I think joking around, laughing, by the way, I don't speak fluent Samoan, but when I hear people speak fluent in Samoan, something about talking trash and gossiping in Samoan has got to be funnier. Like when I listen, "Ah, it's a shorter language, shorter, but something about, and my friends like, oh, it's just the jokes are funnier in a weird way. And the reason being is that it's such a simple language that they could just lightheartedly gossip. They don't have to get into all the details, 
right? About all this, what they did or whatever. And so I really do feel that that lighthearted gossip can be good to connect with people. But when it starts to become very critical, when it starts to become very judgmental, or when one person uses using that gossip to get, build an alliance against another person, it can be damaging. And gossip has ruined so many teenagers' lives from middle school to, and even earlier, but specifically it gets pretty bad in middle school. In fact, middle school may be even worse than high school in a lot of ways. Because um, in high school, at least they can be like, well, forget you, I'm going to get in a car and go hang out with other friends, right? You're not stuck in those groups, right? So with when it gets out of hand, when gossiping gone wild, it, you you really see kind of the, the worst parts of human beings. So do you recommend that you kind of have that conversation with your kids? Yes. And let them know like when the gossip is, when those talk story, I like that story talk. What did you call it? Talk story. Talk story. Being broken English. Oh, what you do? Oh, just talking story. Talking story. <laughs> That's the broken English. In small kind, small kind. When, you, when you're talking story and it's lighthearted and it's kind of catching up, catching somebody up versus when you're really trying to get somebody on your side, you're trying to build a case against somebody yeah. and turn somebody against somebody, maybe to establish those differences. Because I do think that there's a lot of human nature there. I don't know that we can just expect that we're never going to talk story, right? Yeah. But maybe it's more helpful to establish the motivations, to establish yeah. the connection versus, you know, really creating some damaging outcomes. Yeah, it, and I, I would like to say that most social circles when they're gossiping um, – I, I I would and I've no, no proof to to back this up. There's no research for this one. I would like to believe from my experience that more people enter in and gossiping with innocent intentions, nothing ill like to really harm or hurt someone's reputation. That may be changing in today's temperature in our political right. sphere, but I'm talking about social groups with friends. Now, when it does cross over that line, and I, I think it is very helpful because Parents will typically say, don't gossip or that's, you're just gossiping. And they just ridicule and they belittle and they make gossiping this horrible, bad thing. But then they do it themselves. Right. So, so this is where it doesn't work. When parents tell them, you know, my kids are all, they're all caught up in gossip. They're this and that. And I'm looking at them going, and you never do that, right? Because a lot of times they're, they're really mirroring a lot of the parents' same type of behaviors. Yeah. Not all the time, but a lot of time. So what I tell parents to do is exactly what this discussion is about is to have the conversation. If you were to tell your kids, say, listen, gossiping is not evil, just like money is not evil, right? Like what's your intention? Like, what are you doing with it? If you were to say gossiping is a way that human beings have always used to connect in a lighthearted way. But when the gossiping starts to turn into, oh, this is, you're, you're trying to crucify someone. You're trying to, you know, and I'm using this word, I, I won't use that word, but anyways, you're trying to really take someone off their pedestal you know, if you have really anger, hate, and malice towards someone, and it's been building up since childhood, it, it could just be authority in general. And anyone that meets that, they look like that authority, I'm against that, and they're attacking it. It could be for good reasons. But everybody knows when you hold that much anger, resentment, and malice inside of you, it's a cancer, man. It will kill you faster than anything else, right? I mean, like your your day-to-day -day life, your well-being, you can just get caught up in you may be a person like this. I know a lot of people that are like this that have confessed this to me that get in so many fights and debates online that it becomes like a drug. It's like they can't not respond to every comment. Right. They post something, they read all the comments, 
even when they're negative, right? And so this is where I see it trending in a way that this is not bonding our communities. This is not bonding our friend groups. But I still believe that most people do not enter into gossiping with that intention. We're coming from a biological perspective of this is how we connect with each other. We talk a little trash, we joke around, we laugh, and then we eat some food and we keep it going, right? So parents, have the conversation. Explain to your kids that gossiping is simply just a way to connect. However, if they start to find themselves or their friend groups start to get into where it gets really you know, negative and toxic, I suggest using what I call a two for one. This is how I say it. I wouldn't expect you or your kids to use it this complex. But while I'm gossiping, joke around, like talking to old college friends, oh, you hear so-and-so, I'm like, oh, what? He's doing this? Like, you know, as we're gossiping, I'll allow myself to say two things lightly about someone. It may be just an observation, true, talk a little trash. And then I say one thing about myself. So I, I will often, when people are gossiping, I'll say things like this nowadays. Yeah, you know, I really want to say about how messed up they are about and gossip about them. But if I say one thing about them, I'm going to have to say 30 things about myself because <laughs> I freaking, I do the same thing. Or I, I used to do that or I'm to blame. So I allow myself to say two things, but then I got to bring it back and then mock myself. I got to do something to set the stage that I'm not trying to put myself above them and put them below me. I'm making an observation, but it's really for myself because I don't want to get caught up in it either. Now, if you try to stop someone and make those, those really moral stands like, you know, guys, I do not think this is really healthy for us to be talking negative about this person. That may be a little extreme and a little too goody to shoe for a lot of social groups that look at you like, wait, what? Like, because their intention, how many people have you, have you ever been in a group of people where someone's talking bad about someone and then someone else you know, says, well, you know, you guys, I don't really feel comfortable with this, you know, because I, and you're like, come on, man. Like we were just joking. Like we're just being friendly. Right. But when you hear the same scenario, a group of people talking and then someone else talking, then they go, oh gosh, like I feel kind of bad saying this better because I do the same thing. Then it's like, oh, well, oh, I, I mean, yeah, too. It's not like we're, we don't do that either. That's a better way to pull it back or to mock it and say, gosh, like, gosh, I'm kind of like worried about karma. Like if I say this bad about them, then I'm going to end up having these same issues, making light of yourself and bringing that into it. That helps everybody stay in a place of, we're just talking a little smack, just talk a little trash. We don't mean any harm. We're not trying to ruin anyone's life or anyone's reputation from this. And it usually settles down from there. So that's my advice to parents. Talk about gossiping is a tool to connect, but if you use it to connect, with ill intentions, or if you see someone else does, then you got to pull it back because that's where it starts to get, where it really causes divides. If you look at kids' text messages back and forth, especially in groups texts, or when people are posting things about a person, they don't say their name. Like, don't you hate it when friends just ghost you and don't ever call you back? The friend knows that they're talking about, it's an obvious thing, right? That's a light, a different type of gossip, but that causes a lot of confrontation as well. If you can be that person that keeps it light, you can still have fun. You can still joke. You can still laugh with your friends. But without that worry of like, am I being that person? <laughs> am I being that person that I get off on ruining other people's lives or making their life feel bad? Because I don't think most young people really are intending to do that. It, they just get caught up in the adrenaline of it. Yeah. And the excitement of it. Because it's exciting. And I think that, I think that I think about when I get together with friends and I want to hear about what's going on in each one of their kids' lives and 
you, you know, inevitably you're talking about your neighbor that you both used to have and you, you, you know, and, and I don't think that it's negative, but it feels great to get caught up and it can be funny and it can, you know, and I see exactly uh, what you're saying when it, you know what, it, you my, know, when you know it my starts confession, going south. When my confession is, and I just realized this right now, one of the best texts that I love to see is just this one simple sentence. Now, I want you guys I played college football with, like we all have the same kind of, we grew up in the same era, right? When I get a text that says, what's up with your boy? <laughs> Here's what that text means. For what does it guys. mean? Yeah. Like, what's up with your boy? That means one of our mutual friends is acting like an idiot, like a fool online. And since I'm not online, I, they all text me like, dude, what's up with your boy? I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap. And then I'm like, my boy, huh? Because like, yeah. And then they'll say his name. I'm like, what'd he do? Dude. And they'll send me screenshots, this, and that. I'm like, oh, man, that's your boy, man. <laughs> so we like, it's a good, fun, joking round. But none of us, we're all teammates. None of us would like, I've had a couple friends I played football with that have been on the news multiple times for stuff that would just, like they didn't go to prison for it, but like devastating to the reputation. Mm. Like I'm surprised they can even show their face around some of our mutual friends. When I see them, I'm like, dude, they got kids. Gosh, like I, I don't wish that upon them. But when I get that that text, dude, what's up with your boy? I'll be I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't like. Oh crap, what's going on? Like I get this, like, dude, what happened this time? And it's usually the same couple of people, right? Well, I have to just add this; it's kind of funny. <laughs> My mom's in this care center. She's in memory care, and the, the Wait, director. Where's the funny part? The, okay. No, here it is. Here it yeah, is. Okay. The director's telling us that they gossip. About each other inside memory care. Like, <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, case in point. They can't even remember what the is going on. The good thing about that on. is they get to so, use the same gossip every day. I don't know. I mean, it's sorry, just, no offense it's just to it. my mom had dementia really bad before she passed. So. It's just a human condition, yeah. as basic as even somebody who yeah. has memory issues, you know? And so I, I appreciate that we talk about it because it is a taboo and it is something that you're like, I don't want to gossip about it, but I actually do want to know what happened. So you, so what we're telling you guys, you can be a good gossiper. This is how you be, you can be a good gossiper. Cause I, I love, I, I feel I'm a good gossiper. I talk trash on myself. If I'm an idiot or if I'm saying something or if we're making fun of someone, I've done the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make fun of them, but I did it 10 times worse. And there was like, really, you did? It kind of steers the conversation in more of that keeping it light, keeping it light. This is very similar to when we talk about sarcasm in the home. Using sarcasm in the home is a very power controlling thing to, to have unrighteous dominion over some people in the home. And gossip is a way to feel like you have power over people, that you're above them if it gets out of hand. So right. being a good gossiper means you can be lighthearted. And in today's world, how good does it feel that we could actually still talk about people, joke around people that we love? And we're not seriously trying to harm their life. We don't want them to do bad. In fact, we'd probably still have a dinner, a lunch with them and be around them. There's people I gossip about that I care and I love about. But man, it's like, it's such obvious, like, how could you not make fun of it sometimes? It's like, it's like even they would make fun of it if it wasn't happening to them. Right? <laughs> it's kind of true. Well, here, you, there you have it, you guys. This is, this is real I mean, David told you in the beginning that he was going to put frosting on the burned brownie. Um, and so I think that 
I'd never really thought about this, but when you brought it up, it it really is true. And so I think that we can make a positive from something that can also be negative by being aware of it and by being in front of it rather than kind of letting it. And you can ask your kids because if I've had plenty of kids say, well, mom, you're or dad, you're the worst gossiper of them all. It's really good, again, to, to use your kids say, you know what, I want to be a good gossiper instead of a gross gossiper yeah. or a mean gossiper. So if you ever see me going a little overboard, because I have lots of kids that will say, mom, dad, like that's a little much. Like some kids have to be the moral compass for their parents when they get out of control because parents get worked up too, especially when it comes to their own family that they came from. You may be talking horrible about your mom, but that's your kid's grandmother. They may love her and not see her that way. They don't have that same, and I'm using just a random example, right? Right. It's true. It's true. So anyways, food for thought, for sure. Something to think about. And uh, I think a really good conversation that you can have with your team. Very good conversation. And like I said, remember the two for one. Hey, you know, gossip a little bit. You don't have to be two for one, like two things you gossip and say something bad about yourself. But it's just a good reminder to don't get carried away without saying, hey, we all need to wear our underarm deodorant or else our armpits are going to stink. Like nobody's above like nobody's above making mistakes and right. being a fool. Right. All right, you guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us as you're folding the laundry or hopefully you're getting some exercise or something. Uh, <laughs> but whatever, whatever you have going on, thank you for helping us to light the fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.